Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth interactive study of the Word of God. We're getting started with a great series exploring Ephesians, Paul's inspired letter to Christians in Corinth and also to us today, a crucial topic, God's grand Christ-centered plan. And I'm excited to welcome you. I'm also excited because we're here together in our studio. Good to see each one of you here. I'm excited too, Jason, because you're going to be leading our study today, and I know it's going to be a blessing. Maybe someone's watching for the very first time, and you will see that we can find freedom, healing, and hope in Jesus. That's good news. So we're glad you're here. We've also got some remote team members joining us. Want to welcome Rodney again. Rodney, good to see you as always on our team. Shana, great to have you back. Glad you're here. And Sabina, good to see you too. We're glad that you're part of our team. Sometimes we'll get email messages saying, can I be a remote member? And the answer is, we've got tens of thousands of remote members, don't we? Many of you are actually teaching in-depth interactive classes, downloading the outline from our website, part of this great miracle of God, hopetv.org slash hopess. By the way, I want to appeal to you to write to us because we're excited to hear how God is blessing you through an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I just got a note from Mulima in Zambia, and Mulima writes and says, I've been following Hope Sabbath School for quite some time. I like the way you study God's Word, and I wish to virtually join your panel one day. Well, Mulima, we'd love to have you, but you're actually with us right now as you're joining us, maybe on your smartphone or you're watching uh, on our website. We're glad you're here with us from the great country of Zambia. You know, we just started broadcasting on YouTube. I think it's been about a year. We've got 90,000 subscribers just on our YouTube channel. That's a lot of families right there, isn't it? That's just one platform. And Zachary writes on our YouTube channel, leaves a comment and says, this is my first time watching Hope Sabbath School and I already love it to bits. <laughs> well, for those of you from another part of the world, love it to bits is a, ca- is a colloquial expression, which means I like it a lot. Yes. May God bless you all. And thank you, Travis. Well, Travis, would you give Zachary a wave? And everybody else, let's all give uh, Zachary a wave. He thanked you for your insights, Travis, by the grace of God, right? Yes, amen. Yes, Will always, I will always be coming back here to the Hope Sabbath School YouTube channel to study the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. First time. Wow. That's just wonderful. New participants all the time. Here's a note from a a donor couple in uh, Wisconsin, in the United States of America. And the donor couple write, we watch Hope Sabbath School every Friday night to start off the Sabbath hours. Here's a small donation for the ministry of Jesus. I like Amen. the way they put that, don't yes. you? It's not about us. Yes. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Amen. May you all be a blessing to all who are watching Hope Channel and a gift of $200. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, donor couple. You know who you are there in Wisconsin. And thanks to each one of you, because we're a donor-supported ministry, you can be part of the miracle. HopeTV.org slash HopeSS. Click on the Donate button, and you can bless the work of sharing the news of the immeasurable, unfailing love of God with the world. One last note from Joel. 
And Joel, actually, he says, uh, Mohindo Joel, so writes to us from Uganda and says, I am a happy Sabbath school member for the past three years. Amen. I normally download the weekly study and I keep on playing the video to help me understand the Bible. I feel blessed to be part of the Hope Sabbath School family. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Joel Muhindo. Thank you for writing to us from Uganda. Thank you to each one of us, each one of you, I should say, for writing to us and blessing us, sharing with us how God's been blessing your life. Have you downloaded the free gift yet? For this series on exploring Ephesians, we have a wonderful resource. It's called Acts of the Apostles. About 40 chapters of that book deal with the ministry of the Apostle Paul, including his ministry to Ephesus. You can get your free digital copy of that wonderful resource by going to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift tab in the middle of the screen and you'll find out how you can get a copy. You say, Derek, uh, can I share with my friends? Absolutely, share it with as many people as you would like because we all want to learn more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Right now, we'd like you to sing our theme song with us. It's taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 3, his appeal to them and also to us, I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Let's sing it together.
that's just a beautiful appeal for our lives today. Jason, looking forward to the study, God's grand Christ-centered plan. Amen. Let's bow our heads as I pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, as we open your word, help us to understand more fully from the book of Ephesians, your plan for our lives and those of our friends and loved ones around us. Guide our hearts and minds by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Now looking at the uh, title for today in Ephesians, it says God's grand Christ-centered plan. Now I don't know about you, but when I hear this phrase Christ-centered plan, I'm wondering what is this talking about? Is this a blueprint for building a church or something? <laughs> what is this talking about, Gladys, when you hear God's grand Christ-centered plan? I hear like, you know, the cornerstone. Christ, the, the center, the focus, the foundation of whatever he is building. Mm -hmm. So he, the plan is he is the center. All right, he's the center. Yes, Derek. Yep. The plan of salvation. Yes. Uh, so Christ is the center. It, we could also say Christ-centered plan for our lives, but unless we have the plan of salvation, we don't have any hope for our lives. So sure. I think I think Ephesians is is Christ at the center of God's salvation plan. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to get into it and we're going to look at what Paul is talking about. What is God's grand Christ-centered plan? And so let's begin by having Lalika, if you could start us out here. We're in the book of Ephesians. We're here in chapter one. And I want you to read for us verses three through six. And as Lalika reads, I want you to hear what are the words Paul's saying? What is his message? And we're going to talk about what Lalika is reading here. Paul's saying this right off the bat. So this must be pretty important for the book of Ephesians. So let's see what Lalika has to read for us here. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. All right, amen. amen. <laughs> so we see there, and I wanna ask, if you look in verse three, there's a word that's repeated at least once, <laughs> if not twice. What is that word that you guys see repeated there? Jackson, what's that word in verse 3? Blessed. Blessed. All right. So blessed, blessing. So apparently something about God's grand Christ-centered plan focuses on blessings. Mm -hmm. And do you guys see there, is there some blessings that Paul lists that are ours in this plan? What do you see there, Trisha Lee? What are some of these blessings? I see that we've been chosen before we were even, you know, exist, that God knew us and he chose us to be adopted as his children. That's a blessing. We've been Amen. chosen, Travis. I was gonna say the same thing. It was the restoration of the sonship or daughtership to God uh, that really was the most appealing blessing to me. Yeah. Mm. Gladys, did you see some blessings there? Well, he said that it, he chose us even before, you know, the creation. So we are so, like you were saying, so important to his plan that he gave everything for us to be blameless in his sight. Kenneth, you found a blessing. Yeah. One of the blessings is to be holy without blame in love mm -hmm. before him. 
Amen. Zandili, you, you have a blessing there. Oh, yeah. I found that uh, we have been forgiven our sins. Amen. We've been forgiven. Amen. All right. So there's a change even in our state of condition. Mm -hmm. Sabina, I see that you found a blessing here. That the blessing that I found is that we are accepted. Mm -hmm. and that's by God's grace. Mm -hmm. All right. Amen. We're accepted into God's family. Lilika. Uh, so many blessings mentioned. And here he says, if you, you can think of any spiritual blessing, it's all of them. <laughs> yes, all of them. Yes, all encompassing. We have all these blessings. Rodney, you have a blessing you, you see here in these verses. Yes. Uh, I see the blessing of grace here. Uh, it, it says, uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Mm. And all we need is grace. So that's what uh, I, I popped out at me just looking at these verses. Amen. All right. Well, one thing you do when you want to ask about something, you often ask questions like the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why. And we're going to look at some of this today in the book of Ephesians. We've looked a little here at the, the what. Now let's look a little bit at the when. And I'm going to ask Sandili if you could read for us. Lalika read verses 3 through 6. If you could read just Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, because there's an interesting reference Paul has here to the when. And let's see what this when is. Okay, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and Ephesians 1, 4 says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Amen. Amen. That's an interesting phrase, before the foundation of the world. And this is a phrase, you see it a few times in Scripture, but it's not that common. You see a lot more, you know, love and don't be afraid, but before the foundation of the world. That's a bit of a unique phrase. Mm -hmm. So what's going on here, Gladys? What is, what is Paul talking about before the foundation of the world? Well, we're not out of chance. You know, God thought of us from before even he created us. Mm -hmm. So we are not an afterthought. All right, we're not an afterthought. Trisha Lee. The pastor mentioned the plan of salvation. Mm -hmm. We read elsewhere in Scripture that plan was created, that God was the Lamb slain before the foundation mm -hmm. of the world. It means that the plan to make us whole again was created before we were even created. And so <laughs> it's His original intent is for us to be holy and blameless. Mm -hmm. And so the when points back to that time before the earth was even created mm -hmm. that God said, there's going to be people I'm going to make if anything happens, I love them so much, I'm going to save them so they can be holy and blameless. Wow. Amen. All right, Jackson, you wanted to add to that. It talks about the character of God, that He does not change. Mm -hmm. So even before the foundation of the world, He was love. And when He created us, He created us in love. Mm -hmm. And He has always been love throughout, and He will be. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, this raises a challenging question for me, Jason, because if God knew we would need the plan of salvation, and all of the price that would be paid, yeah. why did He create us? <laughs> and the answer is, again, it was out of love. Yes. Freedom. Because He wanted to give us freedom to love Him. Yes. But He had a plan, mm -hmm. knowing that, that we might make uh, poor choices, yeah. but He wanted us to be with Him forever Amen. in love. It's just, it's, it's, to use a colloquial expression, it's mind-boggling. Yes. It's, yeah. it's uh, amazing to think about such love that God has for us. Amen. Amen. Travis, you wanted to add something. Well, I know the question is when, right? But, but I think I want to add to that, and that is who. Mm -hmm. and, when I, and, and because 
encapsulated in this plan is everyone who would, will cooperate with this plan of salvation. Mm. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and I just think that's really important as we begin this study is that the plan of salvation is for everyone. Praise mm. God. Mm. Praise God. So the who in God's Christ-centered plan is not just God, but it's also who also gets to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And the answer is all, all of us who want to. Anyone who wants to can be part Amazing. of his grand Christ-centered plan. All right. Amen. We're also, we're li we've looked at the when or the who, but we're also going to look at the where. And there's an interesting <laughs> phrase that Paul uses repeatedly here in the book. We're actually going to look at a bunch of places in the book of Ephesians where Paul uses this phrase. We heard it once there. So I'm going to ask, we're going to have, I'm going to have four of us different people read. I'm going to start with Jackson. If you could read Paul in chapter one, Ephesians chapter 1, read verses 3 and 20. And then after Jackson, I'm going to have Gladys, if you could read Ephesians chapter 2, 6, because Paul says in Ephesians 2, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to have some remote participants. Rodney, if you could do chapter 3, verse 10, and then Shana, the last part, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We're going to look at all these places where Paul references this where, and we're going to talk about it because there's some various meanings going on here. They don't all mean the same thing, apparently. That's so right. let's take a look here at the where and see what Paul is talking about uh, here in Ephesians. So yes, Jackson, start us out in chapter 1. So I'm reading from the New King James Version, Ephesians 1, 3 and 20. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Verse 20 says, which he worked in Christ when he raised, from, raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. All right, thank you. So we heard a certain place reference there in Ephesians chapter 1. And now Gladys, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. I'm reading from the New International Version, and it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. All right. I think I heard another place there. Seems very similar to what we heard in Ephesians chapter 1. And now we've got Rodney. You have Ephesians chapter 3. What is Paul saying here? And I'm reading from the New King James Version. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Okay, I think I heard a similar phrase again. And last place, Shana, all the way towards the end of the book in Ephesians chapter 6, what does verse 12 say? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Fascinating. All right. So there's a lot of, uh, first of all, someone tell me, what is this place that we keep hearing? We heard it over and over again. What is this place, Lalika, that we keep hearing? Uh, heaven. <laughs> All right, heaven, yeah. heavenly places. Yeah. So not what heaven is, actually, but, but heavenly places. Heaven yes. Plural. Uh, yeah, wow. and I think the the point here, really important, is when we're studying the Bible, we have to look at the context because mm -hmm. in two places it's talking about powers of darkness. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they're not in the courts of heaven, right? But, but they're they're in the heavenly 
right. realm, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And yet, in another place, it's Christ seated yes. at the right hand, which is clearly the throne of God. Heaven. Exactly, that, that is heaven. All right. So, what do we see here, uh, Travis? You had some thoughts about what we're talking about here, and we're talking about these heavenly places. I was just going to make the same point that Derek was that there is definitely the the hosts of wickedness are not sitting on the throne. They're <laughs> they're not they they had fallen from heaven, so yes. they're not in in uh, the throne room of heaven. Mm. All right, Trisha Lee. I'm not sure this is the answer to your question, but when I take these verses together, it reminds me that there is, as Pastor Derek mentioned, a context. There's more going on than what we see here yes. on earth, right in front of my face, mm. that God is in heaven, that there's the entire universe and beings that are interested in what happens with our lives. And so there's a, you know, we've studied before about the great controversy. And so, you know, there are forces of good and evil that are at work in places we can't see. Um, and so that's what I'm reminded of when I hear about these verses, whether those places are actually heaven, the throne of God, or we're talking about, again, realms I just can't see, but are real because there is actual real war um, going on. Mm. So God's yeah. grand Christ center plan isn't just about heaven or even just about earth. It's about the whole universe. Yeah. Mm. A lot of things going on. Rodney, you want to help us here on this discussion about heavenly places. So, Jason, I see three specific statements there. I see in the heavenly places. I then see in the heavens. And the third one I see is in heaven. So, depending on the context, we're talking about the dwelling place of God or, as Trisha Lee just mentioned, the location of spiritual powers. Mm. Ah, spiritual powers. And that's the whole universal... Uh, Lilika, you wanted to add to this. Yes, uh, in heaven, uh, from starting from the vor uh, verse 3, 20, uh, all the verses that we've read, a lot of things takes place in heaven. It's a dwelling place of God. It's where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. It's um, the location of spiritual power. And in heaven also, in the heavenly places, it's where the context of the evil powers are uh, contending against the Lordship of Jesus. So a lot of things are taking place. A lot of things are taking mm -hmm. place. Kenneth? Yeah, one of the things I, I noticed when we're going through the text is that the chapter 1, verse 3 and 20 talks about in Christ, in heavenly places. Mm. And then when you look at the other one in chapter 2, verse 10, also talk about in Christ. But the other one in chapter 6 talks about in heavenly places and then the context is within spiritual wickedness. Mm -hmm. So he makes it clear that some of the heavenly places where Christ is at the right hand of God. So there are differences in the heavenly places that the text is talking about, but you can see it from the actual context of the text. Yes, mm -hmm. different locations. All right. Well, let's continue moving on here <laughs> because God's grand Christ-centered plan has some more details to it. And let's continue here in Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to ask... Shana, if you could continue reading for us here, read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. We're continuing on in God's grand Christ-centered plan. What is Paul telling us here in Ephesians? Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Mm -hmm. mm. All right. In him we have, what is that word? Redemption. 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 All right. That's an interesting word. Uh, Jackson, you have a thought here, I guess, about this word redemption or something about this verse? So it reminds me of a song. It says, you're mine, mine, two times you're mine. So when we are redeemed, we become God's 
for the second time. <laughs> we belong to him because he created us and now he redeemed us by paying a price. So we belong to him again. Shayna, you want to add to this conversation talking about redemption? So when I see the word redemption, um, what needs to be redeemed? It, it implies that there was something that was lost or taken away that needs to be taken back. And so redemption, it, it brings to mind that, um, you know, we were lost and Christ gave his all to literally take us back. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay. So we apparently were lost. Uh, anyone else, you have thoughts on this idea of redemption? What does it mean to be redeemed? Gladys, you had some additional? Yeah, just to be purchased back, just be like Jackson back. was saying. All right. I think we need to go to a verse because Paul tells us a little more about this. And I'm going to ask Kenneth if you could actually read for us in Titus chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, because Paul gives us, this is another letter of Paul, a little more insight into this redemption. What does it mean to be redeemed? And we're going to talk about that a lot in this lesson, because uh, this is a, a theme of Paul's, especially in the book of Ephesians. But read for us. Let's see. What is Paul talking about when he's saying redemption? What does it mean to be redeemed? I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Titus chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Yes. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of our great Lord, our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that we might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. All right. So a redemption apparently leads to a change in uh, how we relate and a change in our spiritual condition. Trisha Lee. The first verse we read in Ephesians just says we have redemption through his blood. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, ex- the second verse in Titus where it says, who gave himself for us, mm-hmm. explains how that blood works. Yes. That there's a substitution that takes place, that he's taking a penalty for our sins. And so that's how we get the redemption, the forgiveness of sins, um, is because he says, I will become that substitute for you, and I will take that penalty for you so that you can claim that forgiveness and walk blameless. So this gives us a bit more detail on how that blood that Ephesians mentions is actually how it works for that redemption. And, And I think it's really important from this text that we're not only redeemed from the penalty of sin, but we're redeemed from the power of sin. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We find freedom in Christ Amen. to walk worthy of the calling, if you Yes, to the walk song. worthy of yes, the song, exactly. All right, Kenneth. Yeah, the other one I was also looking at is that before you want to redeem something, you think about how precious the object that you want to redeem and also even, for instance, let's say there is this dog that I want to redeem that dog, and I feel like my life is precious um, enough, I will not even attempt to redeem that dog. But if I feel that the dog is p- precious to me, mm-hmm. then I'm willing to do everything. And we see that sometimes it's very easy as Christians for us to think that somehow, you know, you know Christ just thought about us. But Christ sacrificing himself for us so that we will be where he is tells us how much he values us. So it it makes us think that we shouldn't um, belittle ourselves when it comes to what he has done for us. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we need to move on 
Um, actually, I'll take Rodney. You have a comment. So, Rodney, I'll take your comment, and then we need to move on and look a little more at this idea of redemption in Paul. And Jason, briefly, if we go back to Ephesians 1 and verse 7, the actual word that is used in the Greek for uh, redemption, it actually means the, the price that is paid, the cost that is paid to free a slave. Mm. So when the word was used then, they totally got it for us. We have to do a little bit more digging. But the point being that the cost was so pricely to, to, to free a slave. That's how... Um, that's a context in which that word is used. And so here it is that God has, is gracious enough to pay the penalty and free us, as Pastor Derek said, the, the, from the power of, of sin. So it, it's an amazing way of how that word redemption was used just to, to demonstrate the power of what God has done for us. Amen. Amen. Well, let's look a little more at what Paul says about redemption. I'm going to ask Nicole if you could read for us. Let's jump a couple of books later, also another letter of Paul, to the book of Colossians. And if you could read chapter 1, read verses 13 and 14, and then 19 and 20. Because let's see, how was this redemption done? We've talked a little about it, but let's see from, from Paul's words himself, from the Holy Scriptures, what Paul says here in Colossians about how our redemption was accomplished. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14, and then 19 and 20 in the yes. New International Version says, For he has rescued us from the dominion <clears throat> of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then 19 and 20 tells us, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So through Christ's blood, he reconciled all of us, the whole world, unto God, bringing us back together. The ministry of reconciliation is the ministry of Christ. And let's continue looking a little more here in the book of Ephesians. And I'm going to ask Sabina if you could read for us in Ephesians chapter 1, read verses 8 through 10, because this ministry of reconciliation, this ministry of redemption, what is God actually trying to do here? What does Paul tell us in Ephesians 1, 8 through 10 about what God's ultimate purpose is for all of us here? Okay, Jason, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, uh, Ephesians 1, verses 8 to 10, and that's what it says. Which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both get both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him all right Amen. so what is christ's ultimate purpose what is this redemption about travis what's this redemption about it's about creating again one big family in heaven those who are on earth and those who are in heaven a big family reunion big family reunion yes gladys yes the unity the yeah. unity. You know, I, I love that word, to bring unity of all things. Amen. So God wants to just put things back together mm. like creation time. And why do we have unity? Is it so that we can solve a nice social goal or accomplish something political or maybe we can solve a health crisis? Is that why we have unity? What does the last part of that, that section say there? 
under planet. Christ. Under Christ, in Him. In so the him. purpose of this unity is not just for some social goal, it's for us to be united in together Christ. in Christ. Amen. Now, how do we ensure that God's redemption plan is fulfilled in our lives? Mm. Well, Paul answers this question, and actually so does uh, the Apostle John. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask Jackson if you could read for us where Paul answers this in Romans chapter 10, 13. And then Zandili, if you could read for us in 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. Because let's see, how is the redemption plan fulfilled in our lives? I'm reading from the New King James Version, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Amen. All right. <coughs> Calling on the name of the Lord. And then Zandili, what does the Apostle John additional insight here give us? Okay. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, First uh, John chapter 5, verse 11 says, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in, in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Amen. 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 All right. So how can we be sure? How do we ensure that we have redemption, that God's redemptive plan is fulfilled? In our lives. How can we be sure, Travis? By faith in the promises of the Son of God. One of the verses that always catches my attention is 2 Timothy 2.13, where it says, if we are faithless, He is faithful because He cannot deny Himself. Amen. God Amen. can't help but be faithful. Mm. Amen. And, and I would add to what Travis is saying, not only have confidence in the promise, but act upon them. <laughs> yes. He says, come to me, right? Yes. Everyone who believes, as, as, as was mentioned by Jackson, on the name of the Lord, or calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. So I think there will be people lost who had the information, but they didn't claim the promises. Yes. And so, Yes, salvation plan, God's grand Christ-centered plan is for everyone. Yes. But it's only those who choose to accept what Christ has done who will be saved. Amen. And let it change them. Yes, Trisha Lee. The element of, of faith is there. Mm. The faith and trust is there because if I'm in danger, I'm not going to call for someone who I don't think can save me. Mm. Mm. I'm going to call someone who I believe and trust can actually help my situation. Right. Mm. So when it says whoever calls on the name, the act of calling on the name of Jesus means you recognize and have mm. faith and believe that he can help your situation. Amen. And so the faith that Travis mentioned is right there in the act of calling on Jesus, accepting amen. that promise, mm. letting That's him right. transform us. Amen. 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 Wow. amen. And then the last part of the text in First John says that that we may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So uh, it's not mm -hmm. one time act. <laughs> Love it's it. A yes. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Day yeah. by day. Continual day by day process. Mm -hmm. All right. So is there one way only that we can share this redemption plan? There's only one way. Nicole, you're shaking your head. There's many ways. And I there think are that. many ways. <laughs> All right. So, so share with me then. If there's many ways, then what are some of these great ways? What are some of the best ways that we can share this redemption plan? Yes, Nicole. I think being a living testimony of that plan in our lives shares with everyone else as to whose we belong to. Amen. Mm. All right. Our testimony? Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. And I think that we should not ask, how should I be like someone else? But mm -hmm. Lord, what do you want me to do yes. exactly. to share that? But I think the greatest testimony 
is the testimony of our own transformed life. Yeah. Amen. To be willing, to unashamed to say, this is where I used to be. Yes. But God has changed me by His grace. Amen. Travis. Well, I was just going to agree with what he just said. Paul start, starts out the letter, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at that thinking, he didn't choose to be an apostle. But here, this guy who was murdering Christians, throwing yep. people in jail, I mean, just yep. doing so many things. And now it's God's will that he, that he is a, pre a preacher of righteousness. And Amen. I'm thinking, mm -hmm. wow, that's a powerful testimony mm -hmm. just in the first verse right. of the, the book of Ephesians. Yeah. Rodney, you want to share with us the best way to share redemption? Jason, I truly believe that if we love God and we say that we love God, then we will love others. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the things that um, I, I truly believe that we should we should as a result of loving God and experiencing that loving relationship is we, we can share our time with others. We can give them a listening ear. If we understand that there is a need, we supply that need according to his riches. So in practical ways, we can demonstrate the love of Christ to others in our day-to-day -day living. Amen. Amen. Trisha Lee. Thinking about day-to-day -day living, you know, uh, my pastor shared a story with us just yesterday um, recently about, you know, he plays a sport called pickleball. Mm -hmm. And he plays with many different people. And there was someone who, you know, was, has been playing with him for some time and said, you know, I feel like there's a reason that we have come to know each other. I see something in your life, some peace, some calm that you have. Mm -hmm. And I want to know more about it. Will you study mm -hmm. with me? There's something different wow. about mm -hmm. you. Yes. And so in the course of Roddy mentioned day-to-day -day life, yep. something as simple as playing a sport with someone, mm -hmm. we are letting the light shine through us, you know, let God's light shine through us. And so mm -hmm. we can use words and speak the truth to people. We can also let them see the love of God in our lives, how we, we, um, we treat them. And it's attractive. And I just thought it was so amazing that just living his life, playing a fun sport, someone said, you're different. And I want you to teach me and show me why you're so different. So God is good. He wow. can use even the simple things. Amen. Amen. Wow. Redemption at pickleball. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Sabina, I, I see I have some hands here. So let's start with Sabina. Where we got thoughts here about our testimonies. Jason, I'm reminded of uh, Jesus' final words to his disciples, you know, um, John 13. That's when he was reminding them that they would be known uh, as his disciples if they would love each other. Yep. Amen. And for me also, the way that we love each other within our Christian circle also yes. may influence others who will be witnessing. Mm. So we are to express love towards those who don't know Jesus yet, but it's also very important that we are known as the people of love within ourselves also. And in the context of the book we are studying, that's so important because there are divisions that we are going to talk about mm -hmm. that were happening in this in their context. So I guess that also the heart of Paul was to encourage them to be loving towards themselves so that others outside would see that redemption in their lives. Amen. 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 Shana, and then we'll have to move on quickly. <laughs> So I'm just reminded of another verse in 2 Corinthians 3, where the Apostle Paul's, Paul talks about how our lives are epistles that are known and read of all men. So mm. we have to be so very intentional about if, if we have truly accepted Jesus into our heart, the story that we're writing, that others are reading, Amen. we have to be, mm. to be mindful of wow. the lives that we're living because people are reading it. Amen. Mm. Amen. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we need to continue on because this redemption, while we share it, it also has a change in how we behave and how we live our lives. And so I'm going to ask Trisha Lee if you could continue reading here in Ephesians chapter 1. This is kind of the last part of Ephesians 1 that we're going through. If you could read verses 11 through 18, because apparently uh, redemption leads to some kind of way that we live our lives. Reading from the New King James Version. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints amen. all right amen. amen so there's something that happens in our lives and apparently there's a reference there several different times to an inheritance so i gotta ask is it that the redeemed receive an inheritance for the lord from the Lord, or is it that, you know, we are an inheritance for the Lord? Uh, someone here on the team, which is it, Kenneth? Yeah, um, from the scriptures, it's both. Okay, it's First, both. We are right. inheritance because Christ purchased us with his blood. Mm. And also he has promised us that one day he's going to give us an inheritance in his kingdom. So it's both. Travis, you agree with that? I do. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, it says that we are God's treasure or his inheritance. Revelation 21, verse 7, it says that the redeemed will inherit all things. So yeah, the scriptures are clear that we are not only God's inheritance, but he's our inheritance as well. All right. And do you know what inheritance is? An inheritance is something you receive because you have a relationship. relationship. Yes. <laughs> so because of that relationship we receive, and because God has that relationship with us, he also receives. It's a beneficial point. Now, some people can say, oh, an inheritance, that's something I, I have to work hard. I have to struggle to get that inheritance. And there are people who even have thoughts like that. Uh, Sabina, I see you raising your hand here, so I'm going to take your thought, and then we're going to actually read something, because Paul talks about this idea. We're talking about inheritance here. Oh, yes. Um, so I'm thinking that even when we consider the inheritance we are going to receive, I would say that's not because of me. It's really because I'm a co-heir with Christ, who is the one who won the inheritance. And he's deciding to share graciously with us when we accept it. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to read something because there are some people who maybe think they have to earn their inheritance. And Paul has some words to say in the next chapter in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, and I'm going to ask Gladys if you could read that for us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, how does Paul answer those who say, ah, I've got to work for my inheritance? And I'm reading from the New International Version, and he says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. 
And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God and not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Hmm. All right. So why is it so important that we realize we can't earn our inheritance? Travis. Well, just from the, the verse, it says that we can't boast. Otherwise, yep. I mean, we would be walking around as Christians, look what I have done. Yeah. But really, our message is, look what God has done. Look what Amen. God has done. Amen. Yes, Trisha Lee. In many constructs, social constructs, the inheritance becomes yours when someone dies. Mm. So someone who owns it has to pass away in order for that to, you know, you to take possession of it. Yep. We think about spiritually, literally, Jesus died so that we could, he could purchase us. That was the price mm. he paid. And in thinking about us gaining what he has to offer us, it takes our spiritual death too. Mm. We have to die to self, mm. lay down that selfishness and really accept what he's offering us. Amen. Just the act of accepting the gift, it takes trust, faith, belief, laying a, a, aside the desire to try to work it out ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we have to die that spiritual death. In other places, Paul talks about, I die daily. Yep. We have to have that spiritual death so we can walk and live new in Christ and get that inheritance that he um, has promised for us. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lalika, and then we need to move on. I don't know what, uh, in what she said, unless we change the meaning of the whole word inheritance, then we can work for it. Because if we inherit in some things, because someone else worked for it, mm -hmm. you're just a possessing, taking possession of it. Salary is what you gain because of mm. your work, not right. inheritance. Yep, inheritance. Reward because of relationship. Right. Amen. Right. Well, the verse there talks about living to the praise of His glory. So mm -hmm. how is it possible to live to the praise of God's glory? Well, Jesus had some, some thoughts on this, and I'm going to ask Travis if you could take us actually to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, because Jesus talks about how it's possible to live to the praise of His glory as a response to His amazing grace. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, mm -hmm. nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Mm. And then Rodney, the Apostle Paul also adds in his book of Romans, if you could take us to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, uh, the Apostle Paul adds additional insight about how we ourselves get to be part of this process of living to the praise of His glory. So how does Paul add to this in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2? I'm reading from the New King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. All right. Amen. Jackson. So we're talking about inheritance, which cannot be earned. But once we inherit, there is a responsibility uh, that we got that we should follow certain things and by doing those things now we can glorify God better 
So it's not by doing those things we inherit. Mm. It's mm -hmm. after we inherit, we yep. do those things. Yes. All right. And what are some of those things that we saw here? What did, what did we see here, Travis, in these verses? Well, I think to live to the praise of God's glory mm -hmm. is not only first is to accept it. All right. And then to let the glory of God, you know, to Jesus to dwell in you and just be an, uh, that spring of living water to those around you. Mm -hmm. uh, because God is merciful and just and kind. And I mean, that's the glory of God. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we have that in earthen vessels that we can share with the world. Derek? I think there's another verse. I'll just quote it from John chapter 8. It's crucial because we can even try to be the light of the world, and mm -hmm. that's not the point. Mm -hmm. yes. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, mm -hmm. John 8, 12. Mm -hmm. He or she who follows me shall not walk in darkness, mm -hmm. but have mm -hmm. the light mm -hmm. of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's back to, to the pickleball game, <laughs> right? Some people are going to be Googling pickleball because <laughs> right. they don't know what it is. What they saw was the light of Jesus shining mm -hmm. out of your pastor. Yeah. It yeah. was not him. Mm -mm. And that's the miracle of, the, of sanctification or becoming more like reflecting the holiness of God, that we are very much aware that we're still very frail. But mm -hmm. if, if we want to reflect his glory, we need to make sure that we have that connection with him so that his light shines through mm. us. Gladys. I remember when I was very little, Pastor Falkenberg, he was president of the General Conference at that time. He came to the Dominican Republic and it was a huge stadium. And he said that his prayer was that whenever he walked out of his house, someone will see Jesus in him. And I remember mm. as a little girl that impacted my life. He said, even if it's a smile that you give somebody on the road, they should be able to see that there's something different in you. Amen. So that is when you have that relationship, everything you do, no matter if it's a game or just a, a greeting that you share with somebody, that should reflect that you have been in connected with the vine. <laughs> Nicole, and then we got to move on. Well, I'm just going to go back to a point we made earlier about how do we share this plan. And it's by being a living example. And that we've been talking about that throughout this study is that when we live it, we can't help but show it. Amen. And then people want to know more about it <laughs> in us. Amen. 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 All right. Well, there's a line in there about the Holy Spirit of promise. Hmm. And so I want you to think, are there any promises that Jesus made about the Holy Spirit? Hmm. I see some of you nodding your heads. All right. Uh, Kenneth, can you take us to John 14? Because uh, Jesus made a promise about the Holy Spirit in John 14, verses 15 through 18. And so let's see. There's a lot of promises, mm -hmm. but I just want to look at you know one or so real quickly here. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, mm -hmm. that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Amen. 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 All right. So the Holy Spirit mm. is a promise that he will be there to help us, to guide us. And Jesus, the last words he even said in Acts 1, are we will receive power 
to be his yes. witnesses yes. when, the, when the Holy Spirit comes. Spirit comes. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to look real quickly and I'm going to ask Travis if you could actually read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 because this Holy Spirit of promise has leads us to a, a sealing process, if you will. And so let's take a look at what exactly is this sealing process? Uh, how does this happen? Ephesians 1.13, Paul talks about this. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. In him you also trusted. Afterward you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Mm. All right, so what's the first step? How do how does this process? What's step one? We heard. Hear. Gladys, yeah, Gladys and Nicole say heard, all right. And then after you hear, then you, you have trust. to believe. Trust. You trust. We have believe, we have trust. trust. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to the sealing. The sealing where it gets planted in. And who is the one doing this? Are we sealing ourselves? No. Are we doing this? No. The Holy Spirit. Gladys says the Holy Spirit, yes, and Ephesians 4.30 even talks about, Paul writes how the Holy Spirit seals us. Now, it also says, Paul says in Ephesians 1.14, is the guarantee of our inheritance. So I've got to ask, how is the Holy Spirit the guarantee of our inheritance? Mm-hmm. How, how is that possible, Kenneth? Because Jesus called him the Spirit of Truth. Mm. <laughs> so if it's the truth, then he gives us the guarantee, the assurance that this is for certain. The guarantee, yes, Trisha Lee. I kind of think about it like a down payment in a way. Um, (laughs) Kind of the first kind of phase of all the blessings that you're receiving, of course, you get to have a fellowship with Christ, but he's a promise to all believers that we receive the Holy Spirit. And we get to receive the Holy Spirit now, right here, in addition to the spiritual blessings that are coming and the inheritance Mm -hmm. and the kingdom. So I think about it that way. And we're not saved because we received the Holy Spirit. We heard and we believed mm-hmm. yes. that we, we believed God's grand Christ-centered plan. We yes. trusted Jesus as our Savior. Mm-hmm. So the fact the Holy Spirit is with us is a confirmation. Amen. Now, Amen. people might pretend to be filled with spirit, mm-hmm. but the Bible says don't believe every spirit. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the crucial issue is have we accepted God's grand Christ-centered plan? Amen. 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 All right. Well, mm-hmm. we need to look to the very end of the Bible because we already see that the first installment is glorious. But let's look at what the (laughs) final culmination of Mm. the plan of redemption leads to. I'm going to ask Kenneth if you could take us to the end of the Bible, to Revelation chapter 21. We're going to wrap up today by reading Revelation 21, 18 through 23. Let's take a look at the plan of redemption and its fullness and its confirmation. So let's, let's see what that looks like. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it reads, the construction of it wa- was it was was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth. Topaz, the tenth Carisperis, the eleventh Jacinth, and the twelfth uh, Amethyst. The twelve gate were twelve pearl, each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are in its temple. The city had no need of sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. 
the lamp is the light. Amen. 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 Wow. Amen. Trisha Lee, what are your thoughts as you look forward to this day? We get to be reconciled with God face to face. We are in the city and He is the light of it. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 And I want to challenge you because maybe you've struggled a little bit with the redemption process. Maybe you even thought you had to earn your own inheritance. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you so that you can understand in God's Christ-centered plan. We're all part of it. It's a free gift. And together we can all enter the holy city and be with Jesus forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jason. Well, when uh, Kenneth was reading all those jewels, I thought, I don't even know how to say those words. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I just know that it's going to be glorious. Amen? Amen. I just know that the most glorious part of that experience is to see Jesus, our Savior, face to face. Because He's the light yes. of that city. Amen. And He wants you to be there by trusting in what He has done for you as your Savior, you can spend eternity with Him and by the grace of God with those you love and pray for. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, what an amazing Christ-centered plan yes. for salvation of all of your children who will believe and accept your gift. I pray for each one listening today that we would say, thank you, Jesus. I accept what you've done for me. And may the Holy Spirit guide us as we walk worthy of that calling. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. <clears throat> Maybe you can sing our scripture song and walk worthy of the calling, not to earn His love, but because He loved you and redeemed you by His grace. And then go out, be a blessing to those around you. <laughs>